Hello everyone and welcome to this instalment of Jewel Shock Discussions, where today's topic is every episode from New Who, uh, the 2005 onwards revival of Doctor Who, that features an appearance from the Daleks. So as always, this isn't a full-blown review as such, just a few notes I made after each episode, typed up to be a little more coherent. And I'll also be mainly focusing on the Dalek aspect of each episode, so keep that in mind. But onwards. So, Dalek. Now, my first memory of a Dalek comes from this episode. I'd not seen any classic episodes at this point, only the previous five of the 2005 revival. And let me tell you right now, the Dalek made an immediate impression on me. That's probably what, you know, everyone involved was going for, introducing new audiences to a staple villain of the show, whilst reminding older fans of the very real threat that the Dalek can pose. Stairs, easy peasy. Now, a threat pose, this lone Dalek certainly is, not only does it manage to wipe out most of the underground base where it's been imprisoned after regaining its power, suckering a man to death and then bypassing a lock with billions of possible combinations in seconds with ease, but its mere presence is enough to unnerve the Doctor. It's the first time, to me at least, in the Revival series that we see the Doctor afraid, but also that we see the true extent of the guilt and rage he seems to be harbouring. Now, I was always a big fan of seeing the Dalek swivel its midriff back and forth so it could eliminate threats on both sides, and watching it electrocute a room of soldiers by shooting some water. Now, as an introduction to a villain, this episode certainly does a cracking job, and of course this is one of the few times a Dalek begins to deviate from its nature of pure hatred, but whilst it is on a rampage, it genuinely feels nigh unstoppable. So, Bad Wolf, Parting of the Ways... Uh, I can't say much for the Daleks in the first of these episodes, uh, because they only appear in the final few minutes, or final few seconds really. However, even then, if you were to base their threat level on that of a single Dalek, like we'd seen half a dozen episodes before, and why wouldn't you, they ramp it up by thousands. Now there was an immediate sense of danger, and suddenly seeing a whole army of them is intimidating, especially when you come to realise that these ones are very unhinged even worshipping their emperor, who also looks fantastic by the way, as a god. Now the cliffhanger that Bad Wolf left you on made the wait for the next episode very long indeed at the time. Now however, one thing I've always thought and still do is that a lone Dalek or a small group always seems so much more threatening than an army of them. That's not to say the Daleks in this episode don't get down to business, we are told they are bombing and destroying whole parts of the planet. But you'd think that they'd have managed to pull this off at a much more efficient rate, given their numbers and the reported speed they're already working at. That said, it's more of a nitpick by me, because this scavenger army, as I said, certainly are formidable and probably would have succeeded this time, had it not been for Rose and the Time Vortex. Now I've got to give credit to the Android, because nothing else stopped any of the Daleks invading the station, but she got three, um, so they were the weakest links. Goodbye. Now, Army of Ghosts, Doomsday. Uh, again, I can't really say much for the Daleks in the first of this two-parter, because, again, they literally appear right at the end of the episode. However, a small group of four manages to defeat all the Cybermen who stand in their way with no problems at all in the second part, successfully deploying the Genesis Arc and releasing millions of Daleks from within. Again, it's a trope you're going to notice a lot as we go on, but these four Daleks, the Court of Scarrow, seem like a genuine threat, but for some reason, when millions of them were airborne, they lose their scare factor to me. Now that's not to say they weren't efficient killing machines again, no Cyberman or human resistance seemed to hold their own, but of course they must be defeated in the end, so it is worth noting though that the Doctor seems very hopeless at one point, which is often unnerving. 
Now, I enjoyed watching the Cybermen and the Daleks fight, and it makes you wonder why this dream had never come to fruition sooner. But to be honest, I'd have loved a whole episode just watching this conflict. Still, for a standard Dalek episode of wanting to take over the world, I can't complain, and having Daleks with individual personalities too, the Corp Scaro, was pretty rad. Now, Daleks in Manhattan, Evolution of the Daleks. Uh, these two episodes are another example of a far smaller number of Daleks seeming like a far bigger threat than as an army. So the Court of Skyros successfully kidnap and ultimately transform dozens of humans into hybrids, whilst creating pig soldiers and having a hand in the construction of the Empire State Building. So all this whilst operating on minimum power. Now it's debatable as to how effective the human Daleks hybrids would have been. I always imagine that, you know, human bodies could easily be destroyed, just like our own flesh and bone. But it's the concept of the Court of Scarrow that stood out to me. The cult were created to have individuality, and thinkers of the Daleks didn't, and their prime directive was the survival of the species, and ultimately, despite the trope of suddenly gaining more humanity and becoming good, Dalek Sek was the first of his kind to become this human-like Dalek hybrid with a squid-like face. So, you know, kudos to him for doing something unheard of before. Now, there's not much more to say about the two-parter, it is standard fare. Dalek sect turns good, and the other Daleks don't like that, so they opt to chain him up and attempt war domination. This fails, of course, but I do want to note once more the idea that the Court of Scaro always stood out to me more than, you know, just a big army of Daleks, plus the submachine guns that the hybrids get that look like a fusion of a real gun and Dalek technology, I always thought it was pretty rad. Now, the stolen Earth and Journey's End, uh, surprise, surprise, the Daleks want to take over again, however, this time Davros isn't content we're just wiping out all life in the universe. Oh no, he wants every universe. So the shriveled creator of the Daleks was trying to outdo Thanos before he'd even begun. Now, as with the series 1 finale, the Daleks should have the superior technology to completely decimate the Earth, and initially we're shown them doing so, yet as with those episodes, they just don't. However, in this case, I suppose you could argue that the planet needs to remain so that the reality bomb signal can be transmitted, and what we do see of the Daleks in action does show them, again, to be a force to be reckoned with, I suppose. But the episodes are mostly about the reality bomb and how it'll work. Now, in that regard, the power of the reality bomb truly seems unstoppable. Uh, although, I suppose it is stopped. But despite only being tested on a few humans in the episode, the implications of what it could do are massive. And had Dalek Khan not betrayed Davros and aided in the union of all the Doctor's companions and the Metacrisis Doctor, then Davros most certainly would have succeeded. So I always remember when I was younger loving the team up of characters in these episodes and Davros himself does deliver a performance to remember. The Daleks themselves just don't do much in my eyes and they're essentially killed by flicking a switch. So there you go. Uh, the Waters of Mars, only a brief cameo from the Daleks here. We see one staring at Adelaide in a flashback and not killing her because it seemingly understood her importance to the timeline. That said, had they been successful in using the reality bomb, because this was when they were taking over Earth, she wouldn't have had a future anyway. But, you know, timey-wimey shenanigans. Uh, the Beast Below. Now all we get here is the shadow of a Dalek in the background as Winston Churchill talks to the Doctor on the phone at the end of the episode. Basically a little tease for the next one. Not much more to say about this appearance. Uh, Victory of the Daleks. Now the whole premise of having the Daleks feel that they aren't quote-unquote pure anymore is uh, quite an interesting one to me one that I find quite fascinating uh, and that they need the doctor to confirm who they are yeah I found interesting but it got me thinking about their ideologies and rationale uh, re-watching this episode I do still feel that the premise is a strong one even if it's plainly obvious that two Daleks pretending to be good 
are in fact, of course, not good. Now that said, despite uh, turning into a typical Dalek set of events where the reveal happens, this episode did introduce the Paradigm Daleks, and whilst I'm not a huge fan of the bulkiness, I did like how each colour was meant to be a different role, and I thought that the deeper voices were pretty awesome, actually. I'd like to see a colour-coded Daleks return, and I wouldn't be against bulkier designs, but maybe only for like super special Daleks, I think, not just your typical foot soldier. Anyhow, because they are sort of like tanks, I thought that the coat of paint on the World War II Daleks was pretty neat. Uh, I dug the colour, and I also like the fact that their light bulb ears were covered, because they give off light during the night, during the blitz, so very clever. Uh, overall, another completely fine episode that was elevated to me because of the themes within, which I guess sci-fi is often about. Now the Pandorica opens, the Big Bang. Um, Paradigm Daleks wouldn't be around much longer, but they do get a brief appearance in these two episodes. Uh, in the first, they're part of the Alliance formed to lock the Doctor away in the Pandorica, and in the second, a stone Dalek tries to cause a bit of trouble before being swiftly put down by River Song. So not much to say here, because it wasn't about the Daleks trying to enact an evil plan necessarily. They were just part of a bigger alliance, which is a bit odd for a Dalek. Uh, the Wedding of River Song, brief appearance of a white paradigm Dalek in this episode, because when the Doctor needs some information, uh, he taunts the injured machine before putting it out of its misery for good. So little more to say on this appearance, but little random ones like that do appeal to me. Uh, Asylum of the Daleks. Now I think of all the New Who Dalek episodes, this one is possibly my favourite, or at least has the most intriguing concept to me. Uh, despite being maniacal killing machines designed to survive and eradicate anything they deem impure, the Daleks still have a planet where they throw away other Daleks, even they deem too, brad, too mad or broken to control. That's pretty terrifying. So I understand it's only a 45 minute episode and we don't get a full look into the asylum or its occupants, but I always felt like the episode needed a bit more time. It seemed a little rushed. Um, I guess the focus is more on fixing Amy and Rory's marriage, though, so I'll accept it for what it is. But I'd love to have seen a mini-series on just the idea of the asylum and what goes on there. Or the stories of some of the Daleks within. Maybe Big Finish will do one. So as it stands, though, because I find the idea behind the episode so fascinating, and because you do get to see a few different types of Daleks, even if only in background shots, the shortcomings I have of the episode don't go on to stop me from ranking it highly. And if I was in the situation of our protagonist, I'd probably be pooping myself too. So the day of the Doctor, and the time of the Doctor, uh, obviously we get to see a little of the time war play out in the first episode. And the overarching plot point is how it came to an end. But the Daleks themselves aren't the primary focus of the day of the Doctor. It's the Zygons, I guess you could say. Um, that said, the destruction of the time war has caused across the universe is evident here. So I'll give the Daleks credit where it's due. Now, the time of the Doctor has the Metal Menaces teaming up with a plethora of species once again to try and exterminate the Doctor while he defends Trenzalore. This goes on for centuries, and they are unsuccessful. So, little more to say here. Uh, into the Dalek, I very much enjoy the concept of going inside one of the deadliest machines in the universe so that you can try and fix it because it's leaking radiation. Uh, it's like an extreme version of Operation. But that said, with many of the Dalek episodes, the concept intrigues me far more than the execution. I could never quite get my head around why the inside of a Dalek looks so much like a spaceship. Uh, obviously, don't get me wrong, I understand many parts like a machine, but I expected it to look sort of more like a nervous system, or the messy insides of sort of a machine, if you get what I mean, rather than like interior corridors of a spaceship. Um, you know, it looks clean and sleek, not jarring to me a little bit. 
Uh, still, everyone probably has their own opinions on this, and that's fine. We do learn that Daleks enjoy harvesting protein from others for nutrients, though, which is, of course, logical when you think about it, but also quite unsettling. Now, unsurprisingly, this Dalek becomes somewhat, quote-unquote, good, uh, which is a trope I don't particularly like, but there we have it. A fine episode, albeit one with far more opportunity than I think it delivered on. Now, The Magician's Apprentice and The Witch's Familiar. Uh, for the most part, The Magician's Apprentice doesn't really feature the Daleks, and even in The Witch's Familiar, they are visible, but take a backseat to the narrative focusing on the Doctor and Davros. On that note, though, I will praise the episode for how they really play into the psychology of the Doctor and his relationship with Davros, which links back to the original genesis of the Daleks and the conundrum that he faced there. So, despite mostly being dialogue-heavy, the conversations that play out are superbly written, and for a moment you do question whether Davros has changed or not. Now, of course he hasn't changed, and the Doctor knows this, uh, but I always found it pretty gross how the pulpy remains of millions of Daleks rise from the sewers to destroy the others. But also quite fascinating, because it begs the question of if Daleks can really die. Anyhow, I've always enjoyed watching the relationship between the Doctor and Davros play out, and in these episodes, it's probably done in the best way yet. Now, to mention the Daleks, I also enjoyed seeing different types uh, in this episode. I'm a big fan of the sort of grey or silvery ones with the with the blue balls that look like the some of the older original ones. thought they were cool. Uh, Hellbent. Now, I'm pretty sure the Daleks featured in this episode are just the ones, or one, trapped down in the Matrix in which the Doctor and Clara escaped from. So it didn't do much because it's dead, or at the very least was permanently imprisoned. Now the pilot, uh, here we have another brief cameo from the maniacal Pepper Potts, uh, where they are seen and heard briefly as Bill and the Doctor run through some kind of base or space station that's in the middle of a conflict with them. Uh, Bill doesn't get all that much time to take in the threat before it's off to the rest of the episode, but you know, it's just a neat little reminder that there are Daleks kicking about and there'll always be violence. So the lie of the land, honestly, I didn't really rewatch this episode on my repeat, I can't even remember where they pop up. It's probably just some small insignificant part. Let's not worry about it. Twice upon a time, uh, it was cool to see Rusty come back in this episode, now being billions of years old, I think. Uh, he's somewhat of an anti-Dalek in that he possesses great knowledge, thanks to the Dalek hive mind, but he will exterminate any that try to come after him because he's not a Dalek in their minds. I mean, I imagine he'll try to kill anything that tries to kill him, but that is just a classic Dalek response to a threat. Uh, he's not the focus of the episode, rather that the Doctor needs some information from him, but the notion of a lone Dalek just hanging out for all time and learning as much as it can, fending off attackers and just being chill otherwise, uh, amuses me. So, resolution. Now, what I really want to give credit to the Dalek for in this episode is how, for most of its runtime, it's out of its shell, and it's just a mutant creature clinging on to another human and forcing her to do its bidding. So it's explained to us that it is a recon Dalek, and that's why it can do so, but nonetheless, this is another example of a lone Dalek being far more capable than an entire fleet. So not only does it successfully hack into military hardware, prepared to call down a Dalek fleet to Earth, it also rebuilds itself a tank uh, with an operating weapon system, and it makes short work of any group of soldiers and an actual tank. So again, if a fleet of Daleks was this efficient, the universe would surely have fallen to them by now. So this episode does remind me a little of Dalek, in that uh, it's a lone Dalek trying to establish contact with a larger group, and while showing initiative that should not be understated. I also want to note that I'm a fan of the sleeker design, because in my mind, when I hear about something being quote-unquote recon, it makes me think of a smaller and sleeker device or piece of equipment designed just to be smaller and less noticeable. 
So I also want to add that the final sentence to note is that I'd watch a fully-fledged horror episode with just the Dalek mutants causing havoc. I think that'd be pretty terrifying. Uh, Revolution of the Daleks. Now, as had been seemingly established, destroying a Dalek seems not impossible. This would be why a few cells of DNA from the destroyed recon Dalek survived being blown up by a microwave, don't ask, and so allowed what was regrown to possess another human and also be sneaky enough to grow dozens of other Daleks in factories around the world. So, despite the blatant on-the-nose creatures, uh, or rather the on-the-nose caricatures of the politicians in this episode, it is arguably unsurprising that they think they are creating AI-powered defence drones to help what they believe is protecting the planet. Of course, these are Daleks, and I still always forget why no one can quite remember them at this point. Uh, But of course, things go to pot, a pepper pot, some may say, when they activate. Now, I did like the black and silver design of these Daleks and how the eyes went red when they turned full Dalek mode. Uh, but having to call in a death squad of pure Daleks to come up and clean the mess was also an interesting concept. Even though they were somewhat effective at doing so, they just seemed like the standard bronze Dalek, though. Um, wasn't really much to differentiate them. So the Doctor seems to bang on about how ruthless they are, but they just seem like Daleks to me. But anyhow... Um, standard Dalek plot here really and once more I'll praise how a single Dalek mutant out of its shell seemed creepy and unmenacing. So once upon time, uh, like many of their brief cameo appearances here, the Daleks are shown causing trouble and serve as a reminder that they are forever trying to conquer the universe and exterminating anything that isn't a Dalek. Still, in short doses I like these pop-ups. Now the Vanquishers, uh, the Daleks aren't the primary antagonists here per se Rather, they form an uneasy alliance to survive the destruction of the universe. Now, this alliance makes more sense to me than some of the others noted in this dual track discussions, because it comes down to the fundamental idea of survival, which the Daleks will attempt to do at any cost. And of course, the Daleks end up being mostly destroyed, and it's likely that they have betrayed their allies anyway, so really they got what was coming to them. Now, Eve of the Daleks, for once, the Daleks didn't seem to be trying to overtake the entire universe. They were just a little bit miffed off that the vast majority of their forces got wiped out in the events of the Flux, and they want to kill the Doctor, so no surprises there. But I enjoyed this episode because it's kind of like Groundhog Day meets Doctor Who. Uh, you start with initially one Dalek, but then by the end there are three, as you learn that they are learning and adapting to each time loop, and as the audience learns alongside with the Doctor and the rest of the characters too. It's a premise that often appeals to me, kind of like a murder mystery, but with more mur- uh, urgency in finding out how to solve it, because it could be your murder. Uh, and I know that I've been open with descriptions with other episodes, but I'm not going to say too much more here, because you know, unravelling the mystery is fun to watch if you haven't already. I will know, though, that the Gatling gun attachment on Dalek is awesome. Uh, finally, the power of the Doctor. Now, this is a tricky one to comment on, in that if you take the idea of the Daleks using volcanoes around the world to cause a global chain reaction of earthquakes. That sounds like a pretty solid idea. However, they aren't really the protagonists here, and instead of just sort of, sort of an alliance with the Master and the Cybermen that becomes all a bit of a jumbled mess and seems out of place that they formed an alliance in this context. They could have simply just, you know, gone on to perform the deeds themselves, but instead they get caught up in the Master's plan, just like the Cybermen, and it all comes a bit convoluted. Maybe I'm being too harsh here, but I always felt their actions seemed very out of character. Um, it's not that they haven't formed alliances before, but here it seemed unlikely that they would opt to do so, to me at least. But there we have it then for this instalment of Dual Shot Discussions. Just a little rundown of all the Dalek appearances in New Who. I'm pretty sure I got them all. And my thoughts on them and the episode. 
So remember, this isn't a full-blown review of each episode as such, just a few notes I made after each one, typed up to be a little more coherent. And remember, it's just my uh, opinion, so please don't exterminate me. As always, thanks for checking this post out. All relevant social links will be in the description of whether you're listening, reading, or watching this. And as always, stay safe, take care, peace and nugs.